Hello dear listeners welcome to business line podcast and this is your host Anjana Sports is something that excites many of us but have you ever thought of the business behind sporting events well in today's podcast we explore the nuances of marathons in india and the business behind the scene to talk about the different facets of marathons and the numbers behind it we have with us anil singh managing director of procam international and vivek singh joint managing director of procam international this company is one of india's leading sports ip creators and also been popular for promoting the iconic tata mumbai marathon delhi half marathon and so on now let's talk about numbers business and marathon right away listen in to the podcast so the very first question regarding tata marathon from my end would be how do you observe the growth of marathons in india when anil and uh, myself and team procam started this revolution i would call it there was already existing the spectator sporting paradigm in the country and that's been well established for decades however participative sport was at its very 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 nascent stage this aspect is the primary mover whereby conducting an international marathon through the uh, through the streets of our financial capital ignited the participative sporting movement in india and that is something amazing where people said i am not just merely a spectator but i am a part of this event taking place it's as much about me as it is about anybody else or any elite athlete and anil and myself saw this on the start line of 2003 london marathon and that's what triggered this we saw we had been in sport already for about 15 years by then but what we saw in the eyes of the people at the london marathon actually was a wow moment for us we saw common people you know mothers fathers grandmothers lawyers doctors who had a look in their eyes which anil and myself had seen in professional sport the look that said for the next 5 6 hours i am not your lawyer doctor mother father grandfather i am an elite athlete after the next after these few hours i will go back to playing the role that i play in society at home with my friends my colleagues and we were quite taken aback because this look we had seen but we had seen it in professional sportsmen whose life was professional sport we hadn't seen it in the common man who had trained had sacrificed to come to that start line and thus developed that look so from there the running revolution started anil was very keen that it would be a panacea for civil society so we actually planted five seeds into the ground one the marathon should bring pride and prestige to the host city two it should foster communal harmony three it should aid health and wellness people should start taking more responsibility for their health and becoming fitter and better fourth charity 
it should help others who are less fortunate than us. And fifth, it should be a boon for Indian athletics. Now, the beautiful thing is when we planted these five seeds in the ground, we had no idea. It was just belief. And I think our belief and our conviction was so strong that the universe conspired to nurture these five seeds into giant oak trees. So I understand that aspect, but a specific question here is that, you know, after Tata Marathon today, you know, when you observe around our country, like we have Chennai Marathon, we have different cities that host different kind of marathons. So how do you observe that? It's not about observe. When you're building a sporting movement, right? When you have, and I think Vivek, my brother, is being generous when he says it was a nascent industry. It was nothing. There was no industry. There was no nascent. That's the real truth. So the important part was, and let's not forget that every major global city has their own marathon. It doesn't matter how big or small, has it. But for India and Mumbai, I think given the fact that we were not a participative sport nation, i.e. whether cycling, in, in terms of you know, uh, the, the, the society and people doing this as a natural course of life. So it wasn't that. So the thing was that it was very, it was important that how do we create such a noise, such a bang, and, and, and ensure whether you are part of this or you connect with this or you don't, how do you ensure that nobody doesn't know that it's taking place. So the important part that we ideated and we thought through first was that at that time, the Tata Mumbai Marathon in 2004 should be the number one in Asia, should have the possibly the best athletes that you can, you can showcase, should be done on a piece of real estate or on real estate that anything that happens there becomes news on so the marine drive and and, uh, you know, the entire south end of Mumbai. And obviously, you need to, when you shut cities down, in a major city down, it's always a question, what's happening? Why? So these were, it, and also, we are very clear that if it ain't live on television, then it ain't sport. And that holds true to today. It's not about, we're not talking about then. If, if it ain't live, it ain't sport. That's simple what, what sport is. You know, it's very rare that you'll have people, and specifically today, with the advent of digital, it's very rare that people will tune in to watch highlights. If you know, you know, sport is the only reality show left in the world. So if you know what's happening, you normally, it's like, you know, knowing who done it and then trying to see the movie. It doesn't really work. So, so the end, and very, very few, I think three or four marathons across the globe were covered live on television because it's an it's a operation that's an event on its own, if you know what I mean. So uh, these were very important, and we had people like Michael Johnson and Mike Powell, the greatest athletes of, of, of that time, to be in Mumbai and carry this message to the world. We, we had to make sure that the government, the city, the federation, the Olympic uh, Association all supported it. So it gave it the credibility. How do you think that, you know, Tata Marathon has actually contributed regarding, you know, when it comes to the growth of marathons in India? Like we have... It's not, it's, it's not about growth of marathon. It's about, 
It's about connecting to the sport. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you have such a phenomenal global showcase of your city, when you bring in, like my brother said, things like the charity and the pillars that we were true to, when you, uh, when you, when you sort of address it in a, in a fashion where it's not just something that's happening on the side of the road, but the showcase of the city, because if you remember, one of Vivek's, uh, what we call mantras was, pride and prestige to a city. So it has to be showcased in that fashion, right? So if you look at all this, and then people realize, ah, you know, uh, uh, because stories spread. Wow, this happened in my life. That happened. This is how I felt. This is what my family felt, my friends felt. So it's a huge... Uh, it's a huge catalyst. You need to create a catalyst that sort of, you know, kickstarts the revolution. So that was more of it. And then obviously, every city realized, hey, we've got to have our own, you know? And not one, we've got to have many more of our own. So you'll, you'll find a place like, and my brother will know these figures better, but I'm sure Mumbai and, uh, and Delhi and all Bangalore will have hundreds of runs, timed runs. So it was more of that kind of a, you know, it's like any sport, sport is sport, sport is passion and connect, right? So the idea was how do we create the connect and people will get passionate automatically when you talk about, it's not about, let's talk about running, let's talk about health and fitness. It was, let's talk about who we really are. And once that message spreads, it's, it's pretty easy to, I mean, it's automatic, right? It's like any other sport. It just seeps through your through your veins. So that brings me to my next question. So there is passion. There is a vision that you want to do this. You want to bring a marathon. You want to bring people to, you know, run and to connect with the sport. But then comes the aspect of organizing it. And there's a lot of money that's involved. So a major question here is, you know, how do you find yourself or how do you see the sponsorship has changed in the equation of Tata Marathon? Like from where it started, how uh, cooperative was corporates or companies to contribute to this uh, particular event? And how do you see that right now? So how do you see the transformation? So I'll just, you know, I'm sure Vivek has a few points to add, but let me start with a very important and succinct point. Sponsorship is sponsorship, whether it's marathon, whether it's tennis, whether it's any sport in the world. So the, 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 what sponsorship is doesn't change just because something was not popular. That was one. The second thing is that it's here is fascinating because what is sponsorship? Sponsorship Advertising is the right to choose. Sponsorship is to ensure that choice is you. Correct? That's the difference between the two. That's why it's not a television ad. And what sponsorship does is it creates a, any, any, any sponsorship where people are passionate, involved, and they are now drawn towards, and they influence others towards. That's sponsorship. So... I think it, it, it helped people on a, on a double whammy. It was not just a single whammy, it was a double whammy. So like regular sports sponsorship gives you all the, all the sort of uh, the best parts of, as we were just discussing, what, what, what a partnership and a sponsorship can bring to the brand. It gives it passion, it gives it loyalty, it gives it connect, 
It gives it engagement. It gives it emotion. It gives it um, uh, what you call, uh, the, it's not about branding, right? It, it actually, it makes it, you, you are only a sponsor because you're part of that fabric. So hence, you're relevant to the people part of it. So it just makes sure, and if the product is equal to any other product out there for you to buy or to get connected with, it's an automatic, it's a, it's a no-brainer that it's, it changed my life. I love what I do and how I'm involved with this. Why would I not buy that product? Because there's something wrong with that product. So that's, so there is no how this. And, and in sponsorship, participative sport has a double, double uh, positive. One, of course, is what sponsorship brings, like any other ROI. Although I don't like that word ROI, but you know, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to delve into ROI, to, to dissect ROI, and to, and to actually uh, understand what you've got on the return as an investment, but never upfront. Right, it should always be, what do I want to achieve? How do I achieve that? Because normally in any part of the world, it's not that it's still not really seeped down into India today, but a normal, uh, across the world, a normal spend on sponsor, I mean, a normal spend on activation of your sponsorship is two times your investment in the sponsorship anywhere in the world. Sometimes brands like Red Bull, Etihad, Emirates, Rolex go six, seven times their spend on sponsorship. So it's a very different because finally, you have to let that message see. You have to take, capture those emotions, capture those words, capture those things that has happened and let the world know that's how you grow that base. So it was so, it was more so, and participate spot not only brings that to the table, but there are so many other, in fact, we've created an entire new system of measurement, but it brings in an entire, it brings in a, a what you call so many other factors that a regular sports sponsorship does not, does not sort of uh, calculate. So there's about eight or 10, whether, you know, so many things that, because here, it's not that I'm watching, you know, like in, in regular sport, I'm watching tennis and I'm, I know I'm, I'm connected to somebody who I want to win and I'm passionate about that, but I'm, I'm only reacting to what's unfolding in front of me. In part, the only difference is I am the person. So, you know, to add to what Anil said, the first step is the transmission of conviction. The same conviction that we had the same sincerity of belief, of thought and action that we had to convince city authorities to shut down roads, to shut down a megapolis like Mumbai. It's that same transmission of conviction that we had to convince the initial sponsors. So the first step of sponsorship in, a, in an industry, in a sporting pattern that did not exist, is the transmission of conviction from the promoter to every stakeholder, whether he's government, whether he's federation, whether he's sponsor, whether he's partner. The second aspect is the sport itself that does the job for you. When a runner is thirsty and he's running and he picks up a bislery bottle from our facility station, it's done. The sponsorship is through. He quenches his thirst. He pours a bit of water on his head. He continues his run. He feels a new surge of energy and enthusiasm. That brand connect you cannot pay enough for. 
So the next aspect is the spot itself that delivers the bang for the buck. Initially, there was a lot of convincing that we had to do. Today, brands are flocking to distance running and other participative sports. Just sponsorship in terms of cash, goods and barter is an 800 crore industry per year. There is 800 crores of investment that is made into the distance running paradigm in India each year. This is bigger than Premier Cup. Very few people know this. This is bigger than Premier Kabaddi League. This is bigger than ISL. 800 crores a year is the, and the majority of it is cash, obviously, and maybe it's 60, 40, or 70, 30, I'm not sure is cash and bar and goods and services that come to fuel the distance running industry. That brings to my next question on this. So there is a lot of, whenever we see uh, a marathon, there's a lot of merchandising that's involved and there's a certain amount of uh, money that you give us entry fees. So how does all this, you know, add up to this business? So sponsorship is the main driver, of course of revenue, then followed by entry fees. And then there are little add-ons like merchandise, etc. But the two major buckets continue to be sponsorship, which is title sponsor, associate sponsor, partners, and your entry fees, what we call registration fees. So um, I'm very curious about this. So when do you actually start planning, you know, financial aspects of this? Like, when do you start a financial planning for an event like this? The financial planning is done before we even started the journey. Right. I mean, we know it's, 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 a, it, we know what it costs. And more importantly, it's not knowing what it only costs. It's important to realize where are we not, where could we do better? Where do we do we need where do we need to amplify the story? What story? How do we skin the scare? How do we give it now? For example, I can I can proudly state that the Tata Mumbai Marathon is one of the most iconic events in the world. Okay, in the world, not in India. And uh, and we are in the we, we were in the top ten marathons of the world within the in ten years of its existence. It took London, Chicago, Boston, New York, way longer than that. They are way ahead of us in terms of years. In some cases, 100 years ahead of us. I think, I think Boston is about 100 years ahead of us. I mean, before us that we, that we started it in India. But so uh, it's, it's, uh, so it's, we, we, uh, we, so we, we need to, in fact, we need to ensure that we plug those points. So the, so the, the budget that we intend to do, we know where the last year we were short here. We could do this better. We can do that better. But the, but in terms of it's 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 like anything else. You know you you know this. We, we it's the day we started it on day one. We we would we wanted we knew where we wanted to go. Whether we had the money or not was a different point. But it was important that we still had to do those things. That's the difference between a promoter and an organizer, right? What's the difference between a promoter and a, an organizer? Will do it on behalf of somebody. A promoter is you. You are responsible for, it's like giving birth to a child. You are responsible for its doctor's bills, for its, uh, for the, for its education, for its school books, for its school clothes, 
So you nurture it as it goes along. And if you know how to track your boy and give them to, instill the right values into your child, it's similar like an I. Similar to your IP, it's, it's the same for any IP in any business anywhere in the world. Okay, so Vivek, do you want to add on to that? No, I think uh, uh, I think Anil has said everything. But if you needed a number, since you are more closer to numbers, I think it's yeah. been phenomenal. It's been at least twenty percent year on year increase since the formation and the foundation of the Mumbai Marathon, which I think very few sports, whether spectator or participative, can lay claim to. I was thinking today we are in a world of social media. There's a lot of marketing that is involved. And, you know, always uh, when we want to drive a campaign, it starts with uh, social media and other aspects of marketing. So how do you think that marketing is a part of like how it is actually enabling uh, an event like this? How important is marketing uh, for an event like Tata Marathon? And how do you go about it? What is what is actually your strategy behind it? Marketing is important if you want to start a tailor shop. It doesn't matter, right? So it's got marketing. What is marketing? Marketing your product to the world outside to understand, realize, and and hopefully use or connect with, right? That's marketing is not, a, you know, it's it's not sales. The big difference, as we all know. Any IP, like the Tala Mumbai Marathon, if it when is a journey to becoming icon. And I, it's iconic cannot be planned or marketed. Iconic, what is the, the, the definition of iconic is the difference, the panacea it was for society, for change, how it impacted lives, how it redefined the nation in some cases. So that's how iconic gets sort of defined. And it's also defined not only by you and me and what we've achieved out of it, is defined by the people who participate in it and who view it, who are proud about it. How does Mumbai react to the Tala Mumbai Marathon? They go through a few inconveniences that day, correct? But the, the, the more important point is that just like any brand, you need to understand where your brand is at, where have we arrived at? Uh, what is now, when you see what you know and what, when you see how people react to it, what dimension needs to be either strengthened or indoors? And, in, and, in, and funnily, in most cases, the moment you arrive at a position which is such a privilege for any promoter in the world to be iconic, for your IP to be iconic, it's harder work. It's more that needs to be done. It's way more that needs to be told to maintain and grow the iconism. Just because you are number one doesn't define iconic. It just defines you're number one. But to maintain, so when people touch that, that ground, that the, the, tar, the, the, the root, you know, it's like I, I love tennis and I'm, and I, you know, tennis was in my blood. And so when I first went to Roland Garros at the French Open, I went to the court and it wasn't even during the event time, it was for some before that. And when I touched the red clay, at that time I had hair, by the way, uh, and I touched the red clay, I put the red clay like a sindoor in my head. That's iconic. That, that's the impact this has had on me. That's how I, I need, that's what I, that means to me. So iconic is a way more difficult uh, position to maintain and 
and uh, and sort of you know grow because you and me just can't keep saying it. Everybody has to say the same thing. Okay, well, uh, so the next question is uh, regarding how does philanthropy become a part of uh, Tata Marathon? Like, how is it a part of it, and why do you think that it is important to make it as a part of this particular event? So philanthropy is not just a part, it's a pillar of the Tata Mumbai Marathon. And there are many reasons for it. A, the first license that we get is the license to exist from society. Society gives you a license and you're starting an initiative. We hope that what you do will actually contribute back to society in some way. Second, being participative sport, the community aspect is very strong. The society aspect is very strong. And society has people who are fortunate and people who are less fortunate. So it's a responsibility of those who are fortunate to do something for those who are less fortunate. The greatest platform to do this on, where you can do it year in and year out, having fun, creating impact, is a movement like the marathon. Procam goes to great lengths to ensure the platform is available, is cause agnostic. 270 plus NGOs using the Tata Mumbai Marathon to raise funds and awareness for their cause. Awareness is as important. We, for us, charity is a cost. There are so many things that we put in money to just to make sure that they have the opportunity to use this mass public participative community sporting event to raise funds and awareness for themselves. Our cost of fundraising is one of the lowest anywhere. The average cost of fundraising for an NGO is close to 60 to 70 percent. If they organize dinners, concerts, auctions, paint, paint uh, exhibitions, it's 60 to 70 percent goes in organizing and paying fees and costs. At Mumbai Marathon, the average cost of fundraising is 4.75 percent less than 5%. And that 4.75% as an average is used by United Way of Mumbai to actually make this paradigm work. So it's a fascinating cause agnostic platform that has been owned. It's facilitated by United Way. And today, the Tata Mumbai Marathon is the largest sporting philanthropy platform in India. Great. On that note, I'll go to my final question. That is, where do you see the business of marathons uh, going ahead in India in the next five to ten years? So I think we are, yeah, you know, I don't want to sound cliched, but we are at the tip of the iceberg. And it's not about sponsorships. We are 1,700. Can you imagine our nation? Our nation that 20 years ago had one. My brother was too generous to say it was nascent industry. But that's him. He's a very generous boy, man. But so there was no industry. There was no, no one Pune marathon used to be there. Anyway, that's the sad uh, Today, the industry, let's leave sponsorships for a minute because everything is correlated. But if you leave that for a second, today, 
It's a $450 million industry annually in India alone, right? From, from $5 to $450 million US dollars. So that's a huge thing. And, it, and we have 1,700 timed running events, not, not just runs, timed which way of the timing chip. Hence, it requires a whole lot more involvement and investment into an event. So if you've got 1,700, you've got 1,700. Can you imagine today India, and we are privileged that today India has leadership, global leadership. Today, Tata Mumbai Marathon is this, I'd like to call it the sixth largest in the world. My brother, again, being generous, is in the top 10 in the world. It doesn't matter because we'll never be five, four, or three because, and that is, and it's perfectly fine because the, what Boston, New York, London, Chicago, and all have done for this world is, you know, we'll, we always are happy to play a second role to that. But we have the second most big, the second bucket list race in the world after New York. Everybody wants to run the Toronto Mumbai Marathon across the globe, not in, in Bombay I'm talking about. And then for us to have the Vedanta Delhi Half Marathon, which is the number one half marathon in the world, to have the TCS World 10K in Bengaluru, the number one 10K in the world, to have the Tata Steel Kolkata 25K, I think it's in the top two in the world. And then finally, we just managed to secure the World 15K, which will be the number one again in the world. India, having five distances as number one in the world. That's, that's a great state. So I don't think there is, um, there is anything... Uh, so uh, we may be just starting on all fronts. And literally, um, you know, we are, when I say tip of the iceberg, I don't want to be cliche, but that's truly what it is. So there's a long way to go. And, and the mo as soon as technology and everything starts, uh, you know, keeping itself into the fabric, which it already had, and you can't do it without technology in any case. And, but as soon as it gets more relevant for, for each person, because it's like, it's like, you know, when, when, you are, when you are playing a tennis match or a cricket match or a football match and a tournament, you have to be completely prepared, right? Because it's live on television. And more importantly, apart from being live on television, the world is watching. And if we can get to that stage where we can start creating amplification of an, of an amateur runner, and he knows that anybody can go and lock in and then watch me run my my race, everything is going to change. He's going to have to perform better. He doesn't want people, he doesn't want people to be put off. You, you will never have people coming unprepared for a, for a sporting event, a professional athlete. It will soon start becoming that. And that's, that's when you will see this explode into a myriad of, of opportunities that you can't even start to believe today. I think there is a large wave of empathy, wellness, and social connect that has built up over the last few years. People are taking more responsibility for their health and wellness. People are taking more responsibility for the community. And we are seeing this translate on the ground. There are 800 new runners lacing up every day to join the distance running revolution in India. It's the fastest growing sporting activity in India. So I think the question, you know, the essence was its growth. I think for the next 20 years, you're going to see it as a sunrise industry. It's going to grow on all fronts. 
whether it's participation, whether it's sponsorship, whether it's media attention, it's just going to something that's going to snowball and grow. And it's a beautiful thing because at its core lies these values that we spoke about at the beginning. Pride, prestige, communal harmony, charity, health, fitness. So it's a wonderful thing. It is, you know, the Prime Minister of India launched the Fit India Movement on 29th of August 2019. What is this Fit India Movement? Have you thought about it? It's not elite athletes getting fitter. It is you and me getting fitter. And there is no greater translation or manifestation of that vision of his than to see the distance running revolution in India. Thank you, Anil and Vivek, for joining with us today. I'm sure our listeners would have definitely benefited out of this conversation. It was a great pleasure to have you with us today. We'll be back with yet another episode. Till then, this is your host, Anjana, signing off.